Welcome to the Loft Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message and that it ignites in you a hunger for more of God's presence in your life. Yes, so today we're going to take our time. It might be a little different. I don't know. It might be not a usual service. Well, it hasn't been so far. It's been amazing. It's been so... Oh, man. Thank you, Father. I really believe that today, like, that there was breakthrough for Luke and for every one of us here who sang that song or prayed. It, it wasn't just words. It was powered by God and the kingdom of heaven. And things are in action and in movement now. There's angelic forces going after Luke. There's walls getting kicked down in his life. He is going to respond because it's the kindness of God that leads us to repentance and responding. And God's kindness has definitely been released in this place today. Hallelujah. And if we hear someone yelling during service, I told Damon that if he wants to start giving his testimony today, that I would give him the mic so he has permission to interrupt us. Amen? You hear that, brother? You can interrupt us, okay? You have permission. I love you. All right, so today I want to I talk to you uh, out of Romans 12, and we're going to go verse by verse. I'm using the Passion Translation because I love it, because I feel like it really conveys God's heart in a passionate way to us. And before I start reading through the Word, I want to just remind you of something else. I think Rebecca said, you know, that God wants to show you His love this week. And as I was getting ready this morning, God just reminded me of a heart change uh, saying. How many have been through heart change here? Let's see your hands. All right, quite a few. If you do what you've always done, you'll get what you've always got. So do you want what you've always got? If you do, just keep doing what you've always done in whatever circumstance that may be. But if you want something different, then do something different and you'll get something different. And hopefully that thing different lines up with the word of God and his Holy Spirit directing your path so that what you get is from the kingdom, right? So in Romans chapter one through 11, really inform us about our relationship with God and our salvation and all that he's given us and how we've changed and the new creation we are and how the old things have gone, new things have come and how we have power to live a new life. Chapter 12 through the end to 16, talk about, okay, how do we live? What is the power of that salvation? And you know, that kind of hit me this morning as I was praising, I was, I was just feeling God's heart. And I love to worship, and I can get loud, and just praying. And, and all of a sudden, he said to my heart, why don't, you, why don't you join me in a battle for someone you love? 
right now. And he completely changed my mindset and worship from that point forward was me worshiping over my son with God and making a difference in the earth by bringing the kingdom, the words of the kingdom out loud toward my son's life and, and praying and, and we can make a difference with our Christianity, with our salvation. What am I doing with my salvation? Am I just waiting to go to heaven? Come to church every Sunday? And I know this body, we're different. We're pretty active. But what's God want, what else does he want us to do? I think he wants us to understand who we are. And part of what's coming I see on the horizon is we're pretty informed on the priesthood of things. Like, we know how to pray, we know how to do the, the priestly things of Christianity, but we haven't really been informed on the kingdom side of things. Because, see, we're kings and queens. We're actually kings in the earth because of what Christ has done for us. And what do kings do? They rule and they reign. And God wants us to start beginning to understand that our salvation unlocks the door for us to be kings and queens in the earth and actually to rule and reign on this planet and bring heaven to earth and to people's lives and to circumstances and to my work situation and to driving in my car and to every single thing. So let me start reading. Thank you, Father, for the word. And thank you that it has the power to transform us and that it's alive. And it never changes, but it changes us. So the header for Romans 12 is the transforming power of the gospel. And starting at verse one, beloved friends, what should be our proper response to God's marvelous mercies? to surrender yourselves to God, to be his sacred living sacrifices, and to live in holiness, experiencing all that delights his heart. For this becomes your genuine expression of worship. If you go slow, and you let the Holy Spirit speak to your heart while we're reading through this, you're gonna get some understandings that you've never had before. Because let's just do it, to surrender yourselves. What, what's our response to his mercies? What's it supposed to be? It's to, render, it's to surrender yourself to God to be his sacred living sacrifices. What's that mean? What's it mean to be a sacred, living sacrifice? Anyone getting an answer? Because a lot of times we just come and expect someone to tell us what that means. And God wants us to, all right, Willie, I see that hand, hold on. I'm glad. So Willie's got something brewing. Shout it out, brother. 
Amen? So, to be sacred means that we're dedicated or set apart for the service of worship. And to surrender means to cease resistance to an enemy or opponent and submit to their authority. Have I made God my enemy or opponent? Am I willing to surrender to God or am I fighting against him and the things that he wants to do in my life? Another thing that I want to do as I'm reading through this today is I'm going to highlight things and I'm going to say, kingdom of Satan, kingdom of heaven, so that we can begin to separate the two. Becca. I didn't want to miss this, but just highlighted in this first verse, it says, all that delights his heart, or that brings him joy. And as we know, the joy of the Lord is our strength. But what we don't understand about that verse is that it's actually what joy, what brings joy to the Lord. It's not about us having joy that will give us strength. It's about what brings the Lord joy that gives us strength. So if he's delighting in his heart or having joy about this, then it will bring us strength by worshiping him. Nice. That's awesome. I don't have to say that now. See, the Holy, the Holy Spirit's awesome. I mean, he's teaching all of us together at the same time. It's not just one person learning something. It's all of us learning together, and that's the concept of iron sharpening iron. And, like, when we're saved, God wants us to sharpen each other. Because here's something else that's probably going to come up in here, but you know me, I jump all around. So... How many of us got up today and got dressed? All of us, right? How many of us dressed the same way as anyone else? I mean, how many did the exact same movement or put? None of us, none of us dressed exactly the same as another person. How many of us brushed our teeth last night and this morning? All of us, none of us did it the same. None of us. I mean, we all do the same things, but we don't do it the same because we're unique. And in pre-service prayer, we were praying about salvation and how big it is. And God came to save everyone. He, he sent Jesus to save every single person that ever lived. That's how big salvation is. But he also came to live in you and to know you intimately and specifically know who you are. Isn't that awesome? I think it's pretty crazy. So we're supposed to surrender ourselves to God to be as sacred living sacrifices and live in holiness, experiencing all that delights his heart. This becomes your genuine expression of worship. So like he provides our expression of worship in the delight and just by us serving him. Verse two, stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you, Satan's kingdom. But be inwardly transformed by the spirit through a total reformation of how you think, God's kingdom. 
This will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in his eyes. So awesome. We could be done right there, but there's a lot more. So if I'm, a, if I'm imitating the ideals of the world and being pressured by the culture around me and the times we live in, then I am actually functioning in Satan's kingdom. But if instead, through the Spirit, I'm embracing total reformation of how I think, then I'll be empowered to discern God's will and live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in his eyes. God's kingdom. Do you think you can live a life satisfying and perfect in his eyes? You can, because the Bible just said so. The word says it. So let's stand on what the word says and God's kingdom says and quit believing anything the devil says to us and not operate in his kingdom because he's a liar and the father of lies. Yeah. The transformed life, our life that is transformed is actually surrounded by God's kingdom. And that's how we can live that perfect life that's beautiful in his eyes because we're surrounded by God's kingdom. So now I'm functioning in his kingdom and through the power of the Holy Spirit living in me, I'm discerning his thoughts and what his will is for me in that moment of that day. And it's beautiful and perfect in his eyes. And that's how he sees us, just like that. All right. Verse three, your proper role in the body of Christ. And I encourage you guys to read through chapter 12 through 16 of Romans and maybe in the Passion Translation. God has given me grace to speak a warning about pride, Satan's kingdom. I would ask each of you to be emptied of self-promotion and not create a false image of your importance. Satan's kingdom. Instead, honestly assess your worth by using your God-given faith as the standard of measurement. Then you will see your true value with an appropriate self-esteem. God's kingdom. So... I think it's very important that we understand that pride originated with the devil. And he wants us to be tripped up and faked out by it all the time. And he says to be emptied of self-promotion and not create a false image of your importance. How many of us each day or in our lives you know, feel like a little naked or something. So there's like this little image thing we create or, I mean, it's easy to fall into that. But if I am operating in that, I'm not operating in the kingdom of God. And I want to be operating in the kingdom of God. I think a lot of times, <clears throat> you know how there's so much anxiety and fear and all that crap in the world right now and even a lot of that in the church? I think it's because we go like this. 
Satan's kingdom, you know, me, me, I got, uh, I got this idea, I got, you know, and I'm trying to be, you know, look a certain way, and I don't, or, and then we, oh, no, I don't want to, do, and then we jump into God's kingdom, and we want to operate in heaven, and, and be influenced by God, and the Holy Spirit, and do what he says, and then, and then we might kind of forget, or we, you know, something happens in our life, and boom, and then we're back over here, operating in the kingdom of Satan or the pressures of the world. And God wants us just to remain with him and not keep choosing to jump over the fence, but just to stay with him, just to remain with him. So God-given faith in the, in the in third part of that verse, God-given faith as the standard of measurement, and then you will see your true value with appropriate self-esteem. So, I mean, it's pretty straightforward. Faith allows me to see my true self-worth. It allows me to see who I am. The faith that God has given each one of us, and he has given to each one of us a measure of faith, allows me to see who I am. And because of that, I can operate in God's kingdom. Verse four, in the human body, there are many parts and organs, each with a unique function. And so it is in the body of Christ. For though we are many, we've all been mingled into one body in Christ. This means that we are all vitally joined to one another with each contributing to the others. And that's the beautiful thing of our uniqueness because I can actually contribute to each one of you and you can contribute to me and we distribute things in God's kingdom into each other and then into this world and that's part of that sharpening that happens in our lives with each other. And then we can be strengthened to go out into the world and, and bring the light and bring Christ into the world. And so what I'm trying to say is there's no competition in the kingdom. All we do is, is build each other up and glorify God and raise each other up with a standard of truth and love. I like that. That's a great way to live. And it's coming to the earth through us. God's marvelous grace imparts to each one of us varying gifts. So if God has given you the grace gift of prophecy, activate your gift by using the proportion of faith you have to prophesy. As I'm reading through these gifts, I want you to ask the Holy Spirit what your gift or gifts are, okay? So as I'm reading through these, ask the Holy Spirit to identify in you the gifting that God has given you and the faith that he has given you to walk in that gift. Will you do that? So if your gift is serving, then thrive in serving others well. If you have the grace gift of teaching, then be actively teaching and training others. If you have the gift of encouragement, then use it often to encourage others. 
If you have the gift of giving to meet the needs of others, then you may prosper in your generosity without any fanfare. If you have the gift of leadership, be passionate about your leadership. And if you have the gift of showing compassion, then flourish in your cheerful display of compassion. God's kingdom. So verse nine, let the inner movement of your heart always be to love one another and never play the role of an actor wearing a mask. Despise evil and embrace everything that is good and virtuous. Can I read that one again? All right. Let the inner movement of your heart always be to love one another, God's kingdom. And never play the role of an actor wearing a mask, Satan's kingdom. Despise evil and embrace everything that is good and virtuous. Be devoted to tenderly loving your fellow believers as members of one family. Try to outdo yourselves in respect and honor of one another, God's kingdom. Be enthusiastic to serve the Lord, keeping your passion toward him boiling hot. Radiate with the glow of the Holy Spirit and let him fill you with excitement as you serve him. Let this hope burst forth within you, releasing a continual joy. Don't give up in a time of trouble, but commune with God at all times. Be enthusiastic to serve the Lord, keeping your passion toward him boiling hot. That one's a little challenging, maybe. To me, it was when I was reading it. I'm like, God, I'm not boiling hot all the time. Like, and he's like, are you sure? Like, I don't feel boiling hot all the time. He's like, does my kingdom change? Does my kingdom ever change? Do I ever change? He's boiling hot all the time. And his kingdom never changes. So I might not fully understand that one yet or fully know how to connect with boiling hot, but I want to. So I pray for us right now that we will all begin to understand what it means to be boiling hot all the time toward the kingdom. And I pray that we would radiate with the glow of Holy Spirit and let him fill us with excitement as we serve him. God, I pray that you would fill us with excitement as we serve you. And I pray that we would be boiling hot toward you, from you, not toward you, but because of you that our passion would remain hot, even when we don't look like it or feel like it, that we have a no deep in our spirit that I'm hot, I'm hot, good to go. Come on, Lord. And I mean, the next verse, right, says, let this hope burst forth within you, releasing a continual joy. God, I pray that hope would burst forth within us and that it would release continual joy in our lives. That's the kingdom of heaven. We proclaim it over us today, God. Thank you, God. Don't give up in a time of trouble, but commune with God at all times. 
Thank you, Father, that we can commune with you at all times. It's a blessing. Verse 13, take a constant interest in the needs of God's beloved people and respond by helping them and eagerly welcome as guests into your home. Speak blessing, God's kingdom, not cursing, Satan's kingdom, over those who reject and persecute you. Lord, I pray that verse would come to our mind the next someone speaks evil of us or or a curse over us. I pray that we would speak blessing. God, change our hearts that we would speak blessing over those who would curse us, that we would operate out of the kingdom of heaven and that we would choose to partner with you. And Father God, I recognize in my own life that I've partnered with cursing and not blessing people. And I take responsibility for that right now, Father God. And I repent of that. And I thank you for forgiving me. And Father God, I renounce it and I send it away to the dry place. And I don't want it as a part of my life. And I pray that for anyone here who doesn't want it as a part of their life. Father God, that our mouths would be a conduit of heaven because our spirits are connected with God's kingdom continually. Father, I pray that we would wake up to being connected to God's kingdom continually, that I would wake up to being connected to your kingdom continually, God, and that everything that comes out of my mouth would come from the kingdom of God and would transform the person or the situation in front of me because of the power of Christ who raised us up to life in God. Thank you, Father. Here we are. 15, celebrate with those who celebrate and weep with those who grieve. Live happily together in a spirit of harmony and be as mindful of another's worth as you are your own. Do you know how valuable you are? Do you know how much you're worth? I don't mean, you know, that you, like what you learned in Sunday school or that if I was the only one that Jesus would die for me. Those are true. I mean, that's true. He came to save us. But do you really know your worth? Do you know what you're worth? Father God, I pray that we would begin to know what we are worth, that how valuable we are to you and our importance in the kingdom as we walk on the earth. God, I pray that we would really begin to understand that you made us worthy in Christ. That you took all unworthiness, everything that ever was against us to make us not worthy has been crushed at the cross and buried. And because of Christ raising again and taking away death and all the junk that we are worthy and we are worth heaven in the earth, God, I pray that we would know our worth 
so that we can call out the worth in other people. Make us understand the value of Christ in us, that Christ in me is something that I can be proud of. I can be proud of being a Christian and that Jesus is my brother and that I walk in the kingdom and, and that we can do things that the, the world needs us to do. I pray we would begin to live that way, God. Don't live with a lofty mindset, thinking you are too important to serve others, Satan's kingdom. But be willing to do mental tasks and identify with those who are humble-minded. Don't be smug or even think for a moment that you know it all. Never hold a grudge or try to get even, but plan your life around the noblest way to benefit others. What would that look like? I want to know. It, to me, it sounds kind of unreachable to plan my life around... What did it say? Hold on. Let's read it again. Plan your life around the noblest way to benefit others. Whoa. That's pretty Christ-like, isn't it? Because he kind of planned his whole life around the noblest way to benefit others. And that's what he wants us to do. And he's not asking us to do it because he's like mean or something. He's asking us to do it because we can do it. He wants us to join him in it. Father God, I pray that we would begin to understand what it means to plan our life around the noblest way to benefit others, to never hold a grudge or try to get even. God, I pray that when any bitterness or envy or grudginess or get-evenness or any of that begins to rise up in our hearts or minds, that we will recognize it immediately as Satan's kingdom and take responsibility if, I've, if we've partnered with it and repent of it and renounce it and get freedom from it. Help us to do that, Father. Thank you, God. Do your best to live as everybody's friend. Or, in the Aramaic, do your best to live at peace with all people. I like that one better. Because, I don't know, being everyone's friend's a little much right now. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I mean... I just want to live at peace with all people. I like, you know, like, doesn't that sound easier? So God, help us to live at peace with all people. And out of that, friendships will develop that we had no idea were possible. Beloved, don't be obsessed with taking revenge. But leave that to God's righteous justice. For the scriptures say, vengeance is mine and I will repay, says the Lord. And if your enemy is hungry, buy him lunch. Win him over with kindness. 
for your surprising generosity will awaken his conscience and God will reward you with favor. So, beloved, don't be obsessed with taking revenge. Has anyone here ever been obsessed with taking revenge? I have. And you've probably heard the story, but I'm going to tell it again real quick because it's applicable. I have an ex-wife. I went to prison. She was part of me going because she told on me, and I was very upset and wanted to kill her, literally, and started imagining ways I could do it because I wanted to take revenge on her. And then God in my prison cell, as I'm studying the word, with this revenge want in my heart, he visited that place and said, forgive her. And I said, F, no, because I was talking to him that way back then. And he didn't mind. He doesn't, he can, he don't care how you talk. I mean, just be real with him because he already knows what you're thinking. And so just say it and you'll be free from it. So anyway, I didn't want to forgive her. As a matter of fact, I couldn't forgive her. I didn't have it in me to do it. And I told him that. And we went back and forth for a few days and I'd be reading my word. He'd visit that spot. He'd say, forgive her. I'd be like, man, she's getting injected with HIV or something. I, I hated her and I wanted her to suffer. Satan's kingdom, right? <laughs> God's like, forgive her. I said, okay, God, I can't. Do you understand? I can't. I don't even want to. And he said, well, ask me to be willing to be willing. I went, what? He said, yeah, just ask me to be willing to be willing. So when I'd pray and he'd remind me, I'd say, God bless that blah, 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 beep, blah. And please make me willing to be willing. And so after about a week, because I was faithful, I made an agreement with him. I'd pray for her every day. And about a week, I realized, oh, I'm willing. I didn't have to ask to be willing to be willing. I, I was actually willing. And then after about another week, I was even more willing. And then at some other time, I was reading the word. I think I was in the prodigal son section or something. And, and I just broke. I mean, my spirit broke for her. My heart broke for her and because God had given me so much when I saw what Jesus did for me on the cross and how much I'd been given the whole kingdom and she was suffering and she doesn't have what I had and my heart broke for her and I fell in love with her not like romantically or anything, but in a way bigger way, like a Jesus way. I started seeing her through his eyes and through his heart. And I got God's mind for her and started praying God's thoughts toward her. And she started freaking out every time we'd talk on the phone because she didn't know how to deal with me because I loved her powerfully. And she could feel it through the phone. And she didn't know how to... Accept it. 
or deal with it, but I'm trusting God that it made a change in her life too. So, don't be obsessed with taking revenge, but leave that to God's righteous justice because his righteous justice is love. God's kingdom. His kingdom is built on love because, you know, God is love. He's not just the author of it. He is it. So as his kingdom comes to the earth, love comes to the earth. His kingdom is built on love. And his punishment is some kind of love. It's born of some kind of love that he has. I don't know how that works exactly. But his righteous justice is born of love. And he loves her. And he loves our enemies. And he paid with his life for them. That's awesome. I love you, Jesus. And finally, verse 21. Never let evil defeat you. Satan's kingdom, but defeat evil with good. God's kingdom. So, Father, I pray today that we would never let evil defeat us because we don't want to be defeated by the kingdom of Satan. And as a matter of fact, as kings and queens in the earth, and as sons and daughters of God, we cannot be defeated by his kingdom. He might trick us into thinking that we can. So I speak against those tricks and those lies, God, that you would unfetter our minds and our spirits completely in this moment and moving forward from this point forward, God, that we would have complete freedom to understand how to operate in the kingdom of God on the earth. It's our heart's desire and it's our cry as your people to be completely free and walk in the glory of the kingdom. So in closing, we're going to do the Lord's Supper. So if you guys want to hand out the communion stuff now, and as they're passing out communion, just take a minute to be with God right now. Father, I pray that you would give us questions by the power of the Holy Spirit to ask you, even now, this moment in our seat, but throughout this day, throughout this week, Holy Spirit, put questions in our heart to ask the Father. As your children, God, that we would have questions to ask the Father. What do you want from me, Father? How do you want me to operate in your kingdom this moment, this day?
God, how can I walk in the power of your glory? God, what do you require from me? What do you want me to give to you that never belonged to me, that's a part of Satan's kingdom? God, I pray that our hearts would begin to become completely pure and holy. as we give up the things of Satan's kingdom and choose to walk in the kingdom of heaven. Reveal your beauty in our hearts. Father, I pray for joy to rise up in our midst. I pray that our service to you would be full of joy and power and goodness. You are beautiful. And I just pray that hope would burst forth within us, releasing a continual joy, and that we would be enthusiastic to serve the Lord, that we keep our passion toward you boiling hot, that we would radiate with the glow of the Holy Spirit and that we would let him fill us with excitement as we serve you. And Father, I just crush the lies of the enemy right now that say that this is unattainable. We just crush it right now, God. We cut it off. We send it away, send the lies away to the dry place and ask that your truth would replace any lies that we've believed in our, in our life. I pray right now that you would expose lies to people's hearts and they would be able to be free from them, God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Christ suffered and died for sins once and for all, the innocent for the guilty, to bring you near to God by his body being put to death and by being raised to life by the Spirit. So before we take the bread and drink the juice, I just, I like to say the Lord's Prayer together before communion. I don't know if that's traditional or not, but I love it. So, does everyone here know the Lord's Prayer? If you don't, raise your hand. Okay. So, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, 
but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And I just want to encourage you all to read your Bible this week. It is the basic instructions before leaving earth. So it's a good idea to read it. And it'll change your life. Father God, I pray we'd have a hunger for the word. That you'd raise up in our hearts a desire to, to know you more and to know you through your word and through each other. Thank you, God, for your tender mercies and your kindness. I pray that we would be merciful and kind because of that. And God, I pray this week, I pray, Father, that we would begin to have stress-free weeks, and that we would begin to have testimonies of, of your greatness, God, and how the week went by just... There was just goodness after goodness after goodness. God, I declare that over our lives, over our body. And Father God, I thank you for the abundance of the harvest that you have prepared and that I'm looking at a bunch of reapers right here, God. And I pray that we would begin to understand how to reap the harvest, that we would begin to understand what it means to go into the field and reap the harvest that you have prepared. And if that means at our workplace and we're just loving people and, and introducing them to Jesus there, or, or if it means a cashier at the store, or if it means someone along the road, or if it means a family member that we haven't called in 40 years, whatever it looks like to reap the harvest, God, if it means inviting someone to this building on a Sunday, that we would do that, God, inviting them to our life group, God, that we would begin to become the reapers in the earth that you have ripened the harvest for. And I thank you that the harvest is ripe, God. I thank you that the earth is ready for Jesus. And we are his ambassadors and, his, and God's children, Christ's brother and sister. Thank you, God. Encourage our hearts, God. We need your courage in our hearts. So I pray that you would fill us up with encouragement from heaven. And that we'd remember that you are here to encourage us all the time. No matter how we feel, your courage dwells in us. Thank you for my brothers and sisters, God. I pray that you would bless them in every way, spiritually, financially, and physically, mentally. 
that we would all be healthy and free. In Jesus' name, amen. Love you guys. If you need some prayer, there'll be a couple of us up here that would love to pray with anyone that feels like you want prayer. Just come up and say hi. Bless you. If you were inspired by today's message, be sure to hit subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you stream your podcast. For more information about The Loft or for gathering times and locations, you can check out our website at www.theloftnw.org or find us on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope you'll join us again next time.